Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? Back to another edition of the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast. It is Wednesday night, May 25th, 2022. My name is Jake Luke, and I'm joined kind of on my screen by uh, Kyle P. Barber. He's uh, not rocking his webcam today because he's just too good to appear on camera. You know for a fact that is not true. Uh, the the built-in camera on my laptop is not working and then I was in North Carolina from Saturday till Tuesday, and I managed to forget the webcam on uh, my friend's desk. I, uh, I had to do some other media podcasts today, and uh, as soon as I recognized it wasn't in my backpack, I called up my buddy. I was like, hey, on your computer, uh, in your computer room is my webcam just sitting on your desk right now? And he's like, yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, a good place to lose like kind of important equipment to your job is like nine hours away from where you live. I, I always prefer to do that uh, when I lose stuff. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. We'll see if it pays off for him. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you're, you're doing that. You're going on the radio and everything. You're going on... Uh, Overall, an old film study with Ken, it just feels like you're, you're just all over the place, man. Your opinions are well sought out. So I thought I would get you on here to do the same thing, to talk about uh, OTAs and uh, you being out at the castle right around the corner here from where I live. So uh, before we get into all that, how are things going, bud? How, how have you been lately? Things are going well. Uh, steadily grinding away here as football gets in and out and back into the swing of things. You know, we got... The draft, and then we had a little bit of a cool off. We had mini camp for the rookies, got a little bit of cool off. And then for the next three weeks, there are uh, on Wednesdays, we'll have OTAs, uh, media availability for those OTAs. So it's good to get back in the swing of things and just have some news because as we're all dreading, this is the off season and things start to slow down a little bit and not as much excitement and content can be made on things that are occurring. Instead, we'll be doing a lot of speculation style content and, uh, and things of the off season nature. Yeah. Speculation, no reading. I've always said that about the, uh, this time of the off season. So <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting time of year. And, um, this is certainly a time of year where we do rack up the clicks. We do rack up the content. We do, these uh, types of 
I, I wouldn't say recap shows necessarily, but just discussion shows where we talk about things like OTAs, but really how much concrete can you actually glean from it? You know, it's guys wearing shorts for the most part and just kind of puttering around a little bit and uh, just sort of going through the motions in some respects. But um, there is always at least, I think, some some value in seeing guys in pads for the first time, seeing which guys are uh, kind of taking it a little bit more seriously, seeing which guys choose to show up. That is, uh, that is a storyline uh, in and of itself a lot of the time. And in fact, there are a couple of uh, notable absences, or at least one, uh, in the form of the starting quarterback who was uh, not out there for the Ravens. So Lamar Jackson, not at OTAs. It was speculated that, that was going to be the case. I think Spencer and I have both gone on record saying we didn't think it was going to happen, just based upon our sentiments of the situation and some stuff that we had heard. Uh, yeah, so not out there. So what, what were your, kinda, your thoughts, your, your first sort of – First blush reaction hearing that, and then uh, what the uh, the mood around the castle was like without him. At first, I really didn't think this was of any importance. You know, this is this is uh, optional. This is voluntary. They don't have to be out there. But the longer I kind of sat and thought on it, I, I started to consider all of his wide receivers are here. Every wide receiver was present and in attendance. And that's this is that crucial time that we always talked about so vividly about Joe Flacco uh, when he needed to gain more chemistry with his receivers, you know, getting them together in the offseason to work with them. That was always a, a gripe that fans, I felt, and, and some publications had about Joe Flacco. And I think that it's fair to say the same about Lamar Jackson not here at organized team activities. But in the same regard, you know, they are voluntary. There's some contract situation stuff present here. And uh, maybe that's that's why he's not attending or he's off working with uh, a rumor to be with a mechanics coach this offseason, Adam Dudeau. Uh, I think it was reported by the Athletics' Jeff Srebeck. So uh, that's possibly what's going on. But all of his receivers are here. This is a prime opportunity to gain some chemistry with his new number one receiver, Rashad Bateman, after the trade of Marquise Hollywood Brown sent his best friend to Arizona, uh, along with uh, Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews was here, and uh, you know he talked about how he's here because he loves to play football. He loves to uh, to the organization. He loves the team, and I thought that was kind of. That wasn't directed, obviously. That certainly wasn't directed at Lamar. But I think that's that's a direction that uh, shows just the importance of kind of attending and being available here at camp. Another factor that I considered was he has a new center, uh, Tyler Linderbaum, the rookie. And it's a good opportunity to get some chemistry with him and and figure out the snap situation and, and get that locked down because all throughout Lamar Jackson's uh, tenure with the Baltimore Ravens, there's been some missed snaps. There's been errant snaps, you know, be it Lamar or his center's fault. It even impacted a, a playoff game. And, and that's kind of important to get locked down early as opposed to later. Yeah, it is. I think that's that's a big part of it. I think the chemistry thing is a part of it. We'll talk about Rashad, who it sounded like he had a tough day with, uh, I suppose, Huntley and whoever else throwing him the ball. Um, yeah, it's all uh, it's all a story. Like people can sit there and say, like, oh, well, you know, people are just overreacting, overreacting to this overreaction Wednesday or whatever it is. It's fine. He's gonna miss this time. Whatever. Like none of it actually matters because they're just planning shorts. But like, man, he's missed practices before and he's missed training camp before for reasons different than what this is, which I suppose we can probably just call it a contract holdout to an extent at this point. Um, mm -hmm. 
whatever else is going on, who knows? But, you know, it's to me, it's it's certainly a story and uh, it's certainly going to be a part of the storyline of this season if things don't get off to a hot start. So he's going to have to hope that if and when he does show up to training camp, that things get off to a, uh, a smooth swimming start, that there's no COVID issues, for example. We've heard, obviously, that he has been vaccinated. So uh, maybe that won't be a problem. Maybe it will. Who knows? At this point, it feels like maybe that's all going to be in the rear view for much of society and uh, hopefully the Ravens as well. But that was a talking point less than a year ago for this team. Um, and yeah, chemistry is going to be a big, big, big talking point. If in fact it is not present right away because he's choosing to uh, skip out on OTAs. So, you know, it's his decision. He's an adult, he's a professional. And uh, if he is working with Adam to still to do, um, what a name, um, Imagine that yeah, it's, it's it's pretty solid. I, I thought th- this to me was, I wrote about this too on, on BaltimoreBeatdown.com, that this felt like an easy way to cool off the drama. You know, there's been so much talk about this offseason with Lamar and the Ravens. I mean, every single week we saw on Get Up ESPN or, or Good Morning Football or on Pro Football Talk, just constant discussions circling around Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. If he is unhappy, he's not answering calls from from Eric DaCosta was rumored to be. And it, it goes back and forth. And this just felt like the hurt. easiest way to silence that narrative is just showing up to organize team activities. It just seemed like a simple way to kind of put that to bed. It does, and it's less risk than training camp. Like you're probably gonna, you have more chance of getting hurt out there in training camp or something happening in that respect than, like I said, running around in shorts. So, yeah, it's uh, it's certainly a decision. Uh, it's his to his to make, and I don't know, man. It's we're gonna see how it all plays out, as we always do with this stuff. But uh, for his part, he tweeted something to the effect of like, "Can't wait to get back there," um, which I guess should be seen as his statement on the matter. I don't know if that means getting out here at some point during OTAs or just training camp or whatever it might be, but you know, a, a positive front that he's putting on and uh, basically serves as the statement that John Harbaugh said at the podium that he's going to have to make on it. John Harbaugh is not going to speak, speak for him on this matter, as you heard at the podium. Yeah, John Harbaugh really uh, just kind of batted away the questions pertaining to him. Uh, and uh, Lamar can speak for himself is what Harbaugh said. Uh, and once we can finally speak to Lamar, uh, we'll be able to hear what his uh, thoughts are on the matter and and the situation that is currently unfolding between them over the past off season. Absolutely. So I guess we can uh, get into the guys that were there. You mentioned some of the comments that were made. Mark Andrews just talking about how he just loves football. He loves the process and being out there. You had a tweet that I thought was interesting that kind of juxtaposed that with what Marlon Humphrey said, which uh, I guess I'll allow you to explain that and explain the context of it as well uh, in reaction to why Marlon Humphrey was at OTAs. Yeah, Marlon. So, yeah, Mark Andrews said, I love football. I love this organization. I love the Ravens. I love playing football, and that's why you want to be out there. Uh, Marlon Humphrey said, they pay me a great deal of money, so I feel like I should be, you know, present here. I don't think that was the only reason Marlon is out there. I think he, he also said that, you know, since he was injured last year, it was good to get things going and get things working out. Um, and, uh, <laughs> but it is a, a funny juxtaposition of I'm here because I love this stuff versus I'm here because they pay me to be here. I so I didn't hear the audio <laughs> clip of it. Did he say it with like a tongue in cheek kind of tone in his voice? I'm guessing he did. 
Oh, for sure. Yeah, he grinned as he said it because he first started off with like, you know, I just wanted to come back here and get it back into the swing of things after being injured. And then he and then he grinned and and you could see it on the on the YouTube clip of him saying it. Uh, he's like, you know, they they paid me a pretty good, decent amount of money to be out here, so I like to be. I like. I think it's you know, I should show up as well. <laughs> yeah, which yeah, that makes sense, and that's just Marlin's gonna Marlin. He's always. He's always playing an angle. He's always trying to, like, you know, get his jokes off, which as a guy who, you know, maybe is is guilty of doing that from time to time, I can sympathize with him, uh, you know, just uh, always trying to one-up somebody. But, yeah, that's, uh, it is kind of a funny juxtaposition with some of, like, some of the stars on this roster and, like, the way that their personalities play off each other a little bit with Mark Andrews, just a very kind of straightforward old school guy, positive attitude, that kind of thing. And then Marlon Humphrey's always got kind of the shit eating grin. He's always trying to like get a rise out of people. It's just uh speaks to the kind of stark contrast between some of these personalities, not in a bad way. Cause they're both kind of what I would describe as hardball guys, but uh, just a, a funny observation. And I think a, a good, good tweet by you. Yeah. Thank you. I, uh, I appreciate that. Uh, I thought it was uh, worthy of messaging and, and putting out there into the Twitter ether. Uh, and speaking of Marlon, he's also uh, begun hazing uh, rookie safety first round pick Kyle Hamilton. He's been putting him on on social media lately. If you follow along on to Marlon's uh, Instagram, he's been posting that he's part of the first round pick club. And he was recording him when he was getting re- uh, interviewed by Melissa Kim, uh, <laughs> just recording uh, and, and faking the uh, what he's saying and pretending like he was mouthing the you know saying the words that Kyle Hamilton was speaking from afar and and the rookie hazing has begun on that which uh it appears to be the rite of passage you know Marlon was the victim of a lot of bullying coming from Matt Judon calling him Marvin and and teasing him and it looks like Marlon's now the guy that's uh going to start trying to uh avoid being the one that gets hazed by bullying somebody else you know it's an interesting (laughs) dynamic because i it makes me wonder if like marlon got that extra hazing and that extra bullying just because he's who he is and like he engendered that (laughs) or if that's his joker origin story and uh all the uh all the extra kind of flack that was thrown his way is what has turned him into this kind of uh um tour type figure that he is now at least on social media yeah, uh, we'll find out, and hopefully it's not the full-blown origin story, as you put it. Uh, but it's been fun to watch uh, him kind of tease and prod Kyle Hamilton, and uh, that kind of puts me to the next point I think that we'll be talking about is is Kyle Hamilton. Uh, I, I wasn't the only one that was watching him specifically, uh, but I, I definitely was doing that because I'm trying to do a little bit more of watching solo players instead of just the plays develop and see what can happen with them. And, and it's it's easy to do with a safety because they're not in the middle of, you know, the offensive line that you're trying to watch from the sideline and can't get a good perspective of. You can see Kyle Hamilton in the backfield and and that was that he looked good. He looked really good. Uh, yes, they're in shorts. Yes, they're not hitting, but you know, he was out there communicating on every single rep. Uh, you could see as they drop back in in elevens, and uh, I wrote I wrote it down like I said on Baltimore Beatdown, but he was constantly communicating with his teammates uh, pre snap. There was he was talking with his cornerback. It could have been Jalen Armour Davis or anybody else that was off to his side of uh, 
of the fields and he was communicating with them. He was using, you know, coded defensive speak to say what kind of coverage they should be utilizing and, and, and going along with the plays. And as soon as he saw the ball snap, he was reading the wide receiver. He was looking at the quarterback's eyes. He was diagnosing the plays. And then he was quickly going from diagnosing reading to instinctually jumping uh, where he needs to be on the routes, where he needs to be on defense. And I saw him, you know, either be already there at the point of attack and where the ball was going or the quarterback, which was more often what occurred, uh, decided not to throw Kyle Hamilton's way. Hamilton would start to create pressure and, and, and you know, sink into uh, a zone that would be, you know, inhabited by a wide receiver and, and quickly, uh, you know, whether it was Huntley or Anthony Brown, they would, they would look the other direction and try to find a different target because they were going to throw towards Kyle Hamilton's way. Uh, Hamilton would have had probably the biggest hit had they been in full pads. Uh, Slade Bolden came off the left side on a quick slant and uh, Hamilton was like there, uh, like a bolt of lightning right down there. And had they been in full pads, six foot five, 220 pound Hamilton would have, I think, uh, murdered a man right there because he came in flying and, and uh, the defense was all celebrating, even though he allowed the, the, the catch was allowed and, and Bolden caught the pass. I think the defense all knew that Hamilton was going to light somebody up had they been in full pads or even in a game scenario. Yeah, I mean, the guy's just a missile, 6'4", 225, whatever he is. And, uh, you know, maybe this speaks to his attitude, but you had a, uh, a tweet about him that really caught my eye, the fact that he's not wearing gloves, that he is going with the old-school taped fingers. That's big for me. As a Kyle Hamilton guy, a guy who believed that he was going to be an instant impact guy, that is just raising him even further uh, up those up those sort of hope power rankings that I have for these young guys. So that's that's huge news for me. Yeah, uh, I think I saw somebody in response to my tweets say that uh, he was a big fan of Sean Taylor. He was a Sean Taylor guy, and, and as we all know, Sean Taylor was the taped fingers. He had the taped face mask, let's be honest here. And uh, and that's kind of uh, Hamilton's mentality, and that's his approach to the game, is, is being that kind of physical player and, and that Sean Taylor type. And uh, I, that sounds exciting to me. Uh, have a possible Sean Taylor on defense uh, through the history of this team, especially going back to the him and Marlon thing too. I kind of like the idea that Marlon's fucking with him a little bit because like, not to say that he's had everything laid out for him because he's obviously very talented and works very hard, but just looking and listening to Kyle Hamilton for a little bit, you can tell this is a dude that a lot of this stuff just comes easily to him. Working hard comes easily to him. He's very mature. Um, you know, good-looking dude, uh, very, very talented physically. He's just a guy who you like to punch up at a little bit if you're, like, you know, their friend or something like that. You know, we all have friends like that that are good at everything that you like to bust their balls. So Marlon mm-hmm. doing that to him, I feel like Marlon was maybe that kid a little bit growing up in Alabama and that he got humbled a little bit coming into the league. So he's trying to maybe pass that down to him, and I think that's going to be a, a funny relationship to watch develop over the next several years. That's an interesting way to look at it. Um, I think I could sign on to that kind of concept of of Marlon kind of ribbing him because Kyle Hamilton is already commanding enough respect that he's barking orders, you know, pre-snap to his corners and his fellow DBs and some of the linebackers, and they're already listening. You know, he's yelling out, you know, their coded phrases, trying to tell them where they need to be on defense, and he is, and they're listening. You know, that that 
confidence to be able to communicate shows that he's in the playbook. He knows what he's supposed to be knowing. He's informing his teammates of what they need to be knowing. And, and also have, has the confidence and has the respect for them to uh, listen to those kinds of things and, uh, uh, you know, grant him that kind of communication as well. I think that's really important. Uh, another thought that uh, Ken McCusick actually mentioned from film study is, is this could be a guy that will eventually see with the green dot. Uh, everything is up in the air with Chuck Clark right now, or it feels up in the air with Chuck Clark, who was in attendance, by the way, uh, being uh, the lunch pail guy that we all know Chuck Clark to be. But uh, if Clark were to be traded, you know, in some sort of scenario, um, I don't think that Marcus Williams would have the green dot because he's a free safety. He's typically too far away from the linebackers and the defensive line to kind of communicate what's going on, uh, you know, once once snaps have happened or, or, or once the plays are going on or if he's too far back. But if... Uh, it, it, and it doesn't appear that Patrick Queen will will have that green dot. They've kind of, you know, shied away from that idea. And I don't assume Josh Bynes will either because he's not on the field enough. Kyle Hamilton seems like the next guy that would have the green dot. And him already demonstrating that kind of communication skill kind of speaks to him being uh, worthy of that green dot. Yeah, and he was. I think he was wearing it in the rookie mini camp, which correct. Just you're comprised of rookies, and he's the first pick. He's on the defensive side of the ball as the first pick, so it you know it makes sense that he would wear it then. But yeah, it seems like he's a pretty good candidate for it, especially if Chuck Clark's not going to be here, which it sounds like he is still being talked about in trade packages with other teams. You got Zerubek saying that the Ravens probably aren't going to get as much for him as Ravens fans are expecting, but I don't know. I think that's fine. You know, if he wants to move on, if he wants to go get a starting opportunity elsewhere, I think it would be right of the Ravens to grant him that. And you're probably not having much of a drop off um, with Kyle Hamilton sliding in there. And I think that just accelerates his development into something that is better than Chuck Clark, frankly. So, you know, it's an interesting dynamic they had there, but uh, I guess that's enough on the back end. What did you, uh, you see from some of these other rookies who was catching your eye? Let's, let's stay with the rookies for the time being. Stayed with the rookies. Uh, Slade Bolden did look really good. Uh, he was he he'll be the talk of training camp. He's he's the next uh, player you'll be naming your uh, studio after. It'll be the Slade Bolden Memorial Studio here in no, 2022. He's, he's, he's going to be the next Trace McSorley. He's going to make the roster and uh, actually maybe <laughs> do a thing or two in his career. So great. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but he was really hyped up. Uh, you know, he was playing some. Great. He, he was doing well. You know, it wasn't just myself noticing it either. I heard other uh, media reps kind of talking about Slade Bolden and his abilities, and I, I was really impressed by that. Um, Tyler Beatty, I was, I, I really liked what I saw out of him. Uh, caught a one-handed pass. Uh, well, had a one-handed catch. Uh, I believe it was Tyler Huntley was getting pressured really quickly in the backfield uh, from Dalen Hayes, actually, which was pretty good to see. And, and once, uh, when the pocket collapsed, Huntley kind of just utilized him in that old school Flacco dump off safety valve plays that would just happen where he'd just get rid of it to the running back. And, uh, Beatty turned around, got one hand up in the air, hauled it in and made a little juke step and, and went out, bounced outside and, and got a first down on that. Uh, he caught a, a later, he caught a touchdown during the red zone drills and he looks fast, and he also made a pretty impressive play on Kyle Hamilton. Hamilton came down on a blitz, 
and uh, was he just looked like he had the quarterback dead to rights. And then Beatty comes out and does the full flying body, you know, trying to stop him and gets in his way and and kind of I think got blown up a little bit, but stopped. Uh, Hamilton from being able to get that would be sack. Of course, they're you know they're not playing full contact, but and uh, instead, uh, I believe it was Huntley just got the pass off instead and got a completion. So really liked what I saw out of Tyler Beatty. Nice. Well, that's really good to hear for uh, a position group that is sneaky. Kind of, I wouldn't call it a need now that they've infused talent there, but it's a little bit of a question mark with the uh, two top guys being injured. They might need some football out of Tyler Beatty earlier than people might expect this year. So that's great to hear. They had also obviously signed Mike Davis. So I don't know if you saw him out there at all, but yeah, yep. they, they got some dudes there at the position. It feels like at least. Oh, for sure. Uh, and, and I saw some other good plays too, not from the rookies, but uh, cornerback Kevin Seymour, Kevon Seymour. I can't quite, I, I haven't seen I the pronunciation Kevon. on it. It's Kevon. It might be Kevon. Yeah. Uh, Seymour. He had a, he had a really strong practice, had an interception, um, he's rocket number 25 and my brain instantly was like, yeah, that seems like a Tavon young interception. And then I was like, Oh wait, that's Kevin. That's Ke- you know, Kevon Seymour. And, uh, he looked really good in practice today, had a PBU later on, uh, Patrick queen had a one handed interception. Uh, a ball was kind of tipped between Tylen Wallace and a defender. I didn't quite see it. And, uh, queen turned, you know, got his body around dove, you know, kind of behind him and got one paw on it and yanked it in in time and had the one-handed interception, looked really good. Uh, One of the funniest things that I saw at camp was also uh, Tucker finally trotting onto the field during the 11s drill. It looked like it was two-minute drill with a tie game kind of score. And uh, Tucker gets out there on a a 40-yard field goal, swings the leg, and as soon as he makes contact, you know, the ball's just barely cleared. He's like, still got it, boys, and uh, splits the uprights, and uh, that's what we all love out of Justin Tucker. <laughs> yep, you, it's just dinner and a show with that guy every fucking time, isn't it? Uh, love that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's your Justin Tucker update, which you knew you were going to get from Kyle. Um, yeah, so I guess, you know, we can, we can round you out here with some of the uh, the newer additions. You know, how did, uh, how did the urban legend Brent Urban look in the uniform after just signing here a couple of days ago? The thing that Urban always did that, thankfully, because he's so tall, it isn't annoying because he sticks out. But Urban always showed up to practice, and uh, he'd have the jersey kind of rolled up to show his abs and his back, and it would cover half the numbers. And And when you have, like, the DBs do it, and the numbers are so small, and, they, and they're all about the same size and, and height and, and weight and everything, you could never tell which player that was, and you couldn't quite see them. Uh, but Urban, he still is. He still had it about half rolled up, and uh, showed up there, still looking as six eight as ever, and just as just as muscular as ever. Has the has the sleeve on the left arm. Has got the uh, the jersey sleeve on the right. You know, the white sleeve, like a shooter's sleeve on the right arm, and looks as cyborg as ever. He's a big guy. I uh, I was happy to see him back out there, man. I was a big Brent Urban fan. I liked what I saw out of him as a Raven. And, you know, we all herald him for that blocked kick that turned into the kick six against the, the Cleveland Browns. And I, I liked seeing a big guy out there like him again. I'm excited to see him standing next to uh, Calais Campbell and Daniel Fa'alele and just see the the mountains that those three are. And even Ben Cleveland and, and that barrel-chested monster. <laughs> yeah, definitely. He's uh, He is a little bit of a folk hero around here. I think he was a, you know, some younger fans might not even know much about him, but I believe he was a mid-round pick in, I think, 2014. 
I think Ja Reed tore his ACL in like a, a training camp kind of melee. Um, then I think he tore it either again or he like got injured again. Yeah, I think he tore his bicep ahead of his sophomore season. So he mm-hmm. couldn't go right away. And then the first ever game he played in, the Ravens were, you know, whatever, four and six or something in the, in the middle of a lost season in 2015. They got a Monday night football game against the Browns. It's his first NFL game, and uh, I think it was Travis Coons was the kicker for the Browns. They tee it up for a game-winning field goal, and uh, Brent Urban, in his first ever game, blocks it with the arm that he, I think that he tore his bicep with. Will Hill scoops it up and runs it in for a touchdown. So you've probably seen that clip, younger Ravens fans listening to this, but you didn't know that that's, uh, that's the Brent Urban story. He stuck around for a couple more years, then uh, he left ultimately. Been bouncing around the league a little bit, and it's just great to see a, a guy like that come back. So, uh, yeah, he's you know presumably going to be rotating in on that D-line with Campbell, like you mentioned. Derek Wolf, who knows what the fuck is going on with that guy. Hauling bears <laughs> around wherever he is on his back, you know, can't can't report to OTAs. I don't know. I, I think I might be over the whole Derek Wolf experience in Baltimore, and I think he might be uh, overplaying. So, you know, in... in in keeping with that, they, it sounds like they got a decent enough replacement in Urban, and uh, we, we can just wash our hands of this thing. Yeah, not sure what's going on with the Derek Wolf stuff. As you mentioned, yeah, on on Instagram, he was posting that he's out there bear hunting, and and uh, you know, you can never be sure if those are photos of today or yesterday, or if they're from months prior. I once stumbled up on that. Lamar was tweeting out, you know, photos of him walking around, and and I was like. I was like, oh, he looks like he's fully healthy. And and then uh, it's like, oh, those photos were from six months ago. He was reposting them after uh, not showing up to a practice. And I was like, ah, oh, great. Now I look dumb. I got egg on the face. So uh, so you're not sure with that. But yeah, Derek Wolf, not, just don't know what's going on there. Uh, be it he wants to play, he doesn't want to play. Uh, you know, it, until he shows up, I just... I just don't know what to, to comment on the on the situation, but kind of looking at some other guys. Uh, Devin Duvernay looked solid. He had a, a red zone touchdown as well. Found the uh, it was an overstretched zone coverage by the defense. They couldn't cover all the guys at once, and he caught a short pass, took it up five yards, had a touchdown. That's a guy that you want to see get going here. Uh, especially with the offense and the wide receiver talk being as enormous as it is here. Yeah, definitely, and uh, it's not going to be helped by uh, talk of Rashad Bateman struggling a little bit out of there uh, or out there. What did you see from uh, him in uh, a difficult first day back? Yeah, so early on in practice, they just got to do an 11s, and uh, it was like the second or third play, and and he beats his his cornerback pretty cleanly, and uh, on, on he breaks to the outside on a streak route and beats the beats the press and uh, ball you know floats over top right where you want to see it hits him in the hands and it falls on out and uh, and you could just tell he was a little frustrated with that one a little bit later on he drops a short pass wasn't I think it might have been a first down or something and then the third one that he dropped uh, well the th- the third pass that went his way that I saw, you know, he probably had some more reps. Otherwise uh, you can't cover all these guys at once, but uh, the ball was fully behind him. This is of course the one that he does catch is the most challenging one. He's breaking inside on, um, on an in route, you know, beats his man is going on an in route ball is fully behind him as he's in a dead sprint, you know, inside the ball is behind him and he gets his hands back behind his head and, and hauls that one in for a good gain. But he, the the third drop unfortunately was uh, they're doing red zone third down drills 
Uh, it's about third and in, in six from you know goal to go, and uh, beats Marlon Humphrey on a one-on-one route. You know, going up against the physical Marlon Humphrey, and he breaks through on the press and gets his hands up first. Got his got his hands on the ball, brought it into his chest, but as they both went down, he just dropped it. Marlon didn't rip it out or anything like we're accustomed to seeing, but ball came out and and uh, he was very unhappy with that third drop of the practice and and was really frustrated but yeah it was just a, a little bit of a disappointing day for Bateman especially you know we get the the studio 44 with Marlon Humphrey and him talking about how it was his time and and of course uh, a little bit of struggles there but it's OTAs he's got time and he's not getting passes from Lamar Jackson quite yet so hopefully uh, things turn around sooner and this is a non-story you hear that, players? That's what happens when you come into this this field of mine, podcasting. You, you start to struggle with uh, what's what's going on in your real career. So keep that in mind. <laughs> try, to, uh, try to come at the king here. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's it's tough to hear. It doesn't really matter though because as Mark notes here, uh, what I'm hearing is Bateman is about to have a Jamar Chase season. So yeah, I mean all that is to say, obviously he's probably not going to explode to the uh, the heights that Chase did, but. Jamar Chase was getting clowned during uh, during I think even training camp last year for the Bengals for his drops and all this nonsense and he just goes out there and has one of the best rookie seasons a wide receiver's ever had so you know it's it's not good especially considering the context that Lamar is not out there with him but those guys have been working together they worked together this offseason maybe more than Lamar and Hollywood ever did I feel like so you know I, I'm not too worried on that front uh, we'll see what happens as uh as the off season continues to progress and we get to more meaningful practices and uh, more closer to the, the meaningful games. But uh, anything else from Owings Mills that you noticed? Today, bud? Tyler Linderbaum looks good. Didn't have any errant snaps. Travis Jones looks really big as a bit as another big guy for the defensive line. And uh, overall just uh, it was a good time to be out there in Owings Mills, Maryland and, and watching some football from these uh, these Ravens. That's about it on my end. Very nice. Well, I appreciate you joining us. How about you go ahead and uh, plug your work and uh, where the people can find you before we get going? For sure. On Twitter, you can find me at Kyle P. Barber. Uh, definitely read all of our work, not just mine, over at BaltimoreBeatdown.com. Uh, other than that, I do write once a week for BaltimoreRavens.com. So tune in to my Monday article every week on BaltimoreRavens.com. It's the late for work article every Monday morning, about 9.45 a.m. Get you up to date on most of the news surrounding the Baltimore Ravens. Other than that, uh, make sure you guys like and subscribe and review and rate and all the good things uh, for the Baltimore Beatdown podcast. Jake and Spenny do an incredible job. I say it every single time I come on here because I mean it. They do great work here. They work really hard. And uh, to make my job easy and letting them just run their operations here, they've done an excellent job of it. And uh, just supporting them, the easiest way you can do it is by leaving a a five-star review and, and giving them a comment or two on that and subscribing to it. And uh, appreciate you, buddy, as always. Yeah, I appreciate you. Check is in the mail for that compliment. And, uh, yeah, we'll get you you all out of here. Thank you guys for listening on this Wednesday. I don't think we'll have another episode for you this week. I'm probably going to be heading down to the beach at some point later in the week. Uh, Celebrate some Memorial Day. Maybe have a couple pops and just get out in the sun a little bit. 
after sitting around my house with uh, the vid for a couple days. It'll be nice to uh, get that vitamin D. But uh, everyone have a good and safe holiday weekend. Uh, stay safe and, um, you know, try and stay level-headed. These are, you know, weird times, certainly. Um, after all that's gone on, uh, on a more serious note, around the country in the last couple days, some just really kind of dark, grave stuff. It feels like dark, grave times. Uh, just kind of continue on for this country, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, we'll always be here. Always be here to talk football and uh, hopefully help take your mind off it uh, if and when that is appropriate. Um, so, yeah, I mean, keep on keeping on, I guess, is uh, what I'm trying to say. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow the show on so on Twitter at Podcast Beatdown. You can find me at Jake Luke. That's L-O-U-Q-U-E. And uh, Spenny will be back on the show presumably next week he was traveling for work but uh worked out perfectly because we could get kyle on to talk some otas which he's always great at doing so thank you bud for hopping on like i said thank everybody for listening and we'll talk to you guys again very soon peace where is the wise man where is the scholar where is the philosopher of this age Everything out of me, they gonna get a Super Bowl out of me.